Recording in progress. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, Brother John. Thank you. Unspeakable Bliss. This is podcast episode number six. This is my second guest ever, John Eden Douglas. And I gave the title to today's podcast, Simply Logos. 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 This is completely free form, our conversation. I have a list of long questions, many, many questions for you, John. And the first one is, who are you? What I've been aware of as I've sat down to engage in this conversation is I imagine these kinds of questions would come. (laughs) And I thought, I saw the infinite array of ways that I could respond. The classical Ramana Maharshi responses, the Ram Das responses, all the different beautiful teachers that I have been present to in my life. And as of late, the sobriety of understanding that there's such a delicious process of repeating what I've heard in order to understand it for myself. Uh, mm -hmm. I can also choose to use what I've heard as a way of offering an answer because I may be aware of a feeling, a state of vulnerability, and I may choose not to present that to the person asking the question. And as of late for me, the deliciousness of vulnerability is the willingness to be specific. I honor my grandfathers and my fathers, the enlightened grandmothers and enlightened mothers of my lineage who have said beautiful things to me that resonate so deeply. And my quest as of late has become to deliciously dive into specificity. So who am I? I am this image now present to the image of Christopher. I am selecting and feeling the vibrational tonality of my words and choosing my words, choosing the source of my words it's so in in this practice of specificity i become aware of the distinction when i am repeating in the mind what i have heard and what i've told myself and what i have chosen to select as a hope that you will hear and see me as there is that beautiful option and then there is 
the magnificence of my heart, of my presence, of the now and the here, where I look at you and I am my smile. I am looking at this Christopher scratching his nose with his hair pulled back in the jungle behind him. And this is what I am. This is who I am. I am the guy, the tiny little guy in the screen on my end. I see him up above your head. And I am this Christopher listening and looking at me. And everything about me is watching Christopher to see how he receives my words, my gestures, the tone of my voice. Because who I am matters to me, to who I'm speaking to. So I would say in an abstract way, who I am is who matters to me in any given moment. Or what matters to me, whom matters to me. And specifically, I am currently occupying this image with this structure, with these words, going about my life, making contact with beings, with people, with my laundry, with my dog. And I am noticing what that's like for me. For me, my life is about reclaiming, cleaning up the relational constructs that I have built to confuse and to doubt my source. That's, that's who I am. <clears throat> so I am John Eden Douglas in Denver, Colorado, breathing, sipping on my coffee, talking to Christopher. In this moment, that is who I am. Thank you, brother, and thank you for being here. You're welcome. Being, yeah. There's about at least three different directions that I want to go with, with what you shared. Um, the first one has to do with actually why I called this this episode Logos. Uh, and I actually, before we hopped on, I, I Googled the Latin root. And it said something interestingly about the book of John from the Bible and God's desire to communicate with man, something like this, or the word. So I'm thinking about what you were saying with specificity and how when I ask, who are you, on a certain level, you're everything that you're seeing. That's in, in one sense what I heard you say, everything that's in your awareness right now. And yes. then on a more specific level, well, I'm John, here's my coffee, I'm in Denver. And uh, that also reminds me of uh, the other reason why I picked Logos, which is in part the tentative name for a certain... I'll call it project that you and I have brewing in the works right now. Yes. 
that is exactly speaking to uh, the I am. Mm -hmm. Yes. Do you do you remember how you and I met? Met. So this every everyone listening, this is a story for the books. If you want to hear an interesting story of how two people met, oh boy, maybe maybe some of you had a familiar have had this familiar experience before. I got a friend request on Facebook. I think I got a friend request from you. And I I think I went on your page and I saw something about I am maybe some poetry written, uh, maybe something about mushrooms. And very quickly after, I sent a goofy audio message to you. This was about six, seven months ago. And I, uh, not too long after that, got a response back in a, in a silly accent, which didn't, feel native it wasn't the voice that i'm hearing now and pretty much since then i knew it was actually this is this is i'm remembering now as i'm speaking to it um it quickly went from using silly accents and talking about who we are to me enrolling john in one of my high level coaching programs uh, of which i could solve all of his problems that he didn't or maybe did delineate in his audio message to me and um, he said something like, I, I shared this with Sladka, my, my partner. He said, you said something to me like, uh, we're going to be, I can tell we're going to be friends and I'm going to be your, the friend of yours that you hate so much. And at that moment, the non-logical humor side of me, I knew it was on. I lost your audio. I can rip I can rip lead. Lip read. I got your audio on the Zoom. I lost your audio on the anchor. How about now? Do I have to admit it? Yeah, you're back. You're okay. Good. It was because my phone went um Whatever it went uh, dark, you know, where it sleeps. This is a new discovery. So this is probably why the audio went out at first on my prior podcast. So this is good information. I have to let you know to go into your phone setting to make it go not black out. So that way the audio keeps going, I guess. <clears throat> Done. Awesome. Yes, you did solve each and every problem I had in the enrollment conversation. So there was no need to actually engage in high-end package coaching because everything was taken care of in that one call. Man, that's, um, that's just, that would be a good testimonial. And it, it, it is and it isn't because yeah. I didn't even receive any money from you. Nothing, not a dime. 
but it seemed like a fair exchange. It really did. There was something, the way you handled my problems as I made them up, I realized like this was going to work really well for me. (laughs) (laughs) But you wouldn't take the second enrollment call. That's where you got me. That's where I realized I was in trouble. You were on to me. And I said, where's our second enrollment call? That didn't happen. Problem solved. Problem no solved. That's right. Need free. Uh, one thing I would love to offer is around logos mm-hmm. is this understanding that the abstract self, the abstract aspect of consciousness and the specific nature of consciousness in my world are, are merging. So for me, someone like Ramana, Mizarangata, um, some of the, the older dudes who aren't on, on the planet seemingly anymore spoke of this abstraction to me. They spoke of this ultimate space, which is true and wonderful. And what I've wondered since my own recognition of that space is what would it be like to marry that to specificity? So many of the men I meet, they are so safe in abstraction. I know I have played safe in abstraction. So when my woman comes to me or someone who wants specific answers, like how much money do you have? I'm like, I am abstraction. I am all, I am that I am and come back into this abstraction and be like, you're not gonna pin me down, you're not gonna get me, there's nothing for you to hold on to. That is kind of defense mechanism, right? Yeah, yeah, you could call it a defense mechanism, but you can also realize in the absolute abstraction, there is nothing to fear. Mm -hmm. I am that I am, like Moses meets I am that I am, right? He's like, wait, what, are you a bush? Are you burning? this is the craziness of, of the, the moment of Moses is he's with a burning bush and the bush, you know, consuming. It's con- literally being consumed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he meets this voice in this flame. The flame is this representation. It's somewhat abstract, but it's also specific. It's consuming, but it's also present. So it's this paradox. And then Moses is like, well, what do I do in the I am? It wasn't like sit back on a rock and claim I am that I am. Go tell Pharaoh, I am that I am is calling. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And tell him the time has come. So this to me is the beauty of the paradox of the subconscious and the conscious mind, Logos, to me, is the bridge. What I speak, what I say, reveals to me my commitment. So when someone else speaks to me and I hear specificity, What I have practiced in the past is going into abstraction and sort of holding them out here and saying, well, look at all your problems and issues. 
the opportunity is to go, I hear you, to let myself hear and feel them, feel what is being said. Get us, come into, come into the moment with all of the things, scary, lovely, terrifying, wonderful, and be there. I hear you. This is what I'm, I'm aware of this feeling. I'm aware of these words. I'm aware of this causation sort of dynamic here. Is that true? Is that what you're saying? Is that what you mean? Is that what you're feeling? Meeting people in the specificity because I'm safe in the abstraction, knowing that the abstraction isn't something I have to bring forward and teach everyone it's it's ever present it's always here it's in my breath it's in the spaciousness it's in relaxation it's in the silence that's always present ah it's here therefore i can respond yeah 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 i think what you're speaking to is um it's got something about not having an agenda not not selling a certain persona and just uh, I'll give an, an example just yesterday I was sitting on a rock with my brother here who's visiting and he is he has said to me before that when I'm sitting with him he just feels like I'm looking into his soul mm-hmm. and that he's like all I can see back when I'm looking back is a reflection mm-hmm. and so I said you and I said I want to show you a trick a trick I said you want to know what I'm doing when I'm doing that and he's looking at me his, his eyeballs going back and forth I said I'm not doing anything <laughs> <laughs> I'm just responding I'm just responding to what is here and I don't I don't there's not a thing that I'm sometimes there'll be a story that I want to tell or something that naturally arises and, uh, and it's fucking sustainable. And that's newer for me. That's a, a deeper, a deepening practice that I've discovered. And I find it to be deeply masculine too. I find it to be deeply holding and honoring of whoever it is that I'm with, including myself. Yes. It, it reminds me of, um, I actually heard Jordan Peterson the other day in a, in a podcast that he was, he was giving, I'm getting some background noise. Are you getting background noise on your end? No. No. Is your, is your Zoom, could you turn your Zoom volume? Can you hear me from, are you able to hear me from Anchor? Let me see. Okay, go ahead. Okay, that's perfect. Okay. Yeah, we're still recording. Okay. Um, yeah, so this guy was interviewing Jordan and asking him if he has a mindfulness meditation practice. And um, they define that as being aware of whatever arises without necessarily fixating on it, whether it's a sensation in the body or a thought that comes by. It's like, okay, that's there, and then and here I am. And just noting it, not feeding it, not making it bigger, but just that's what that is. And Jordan responded and he said that when he's 
in therapy sessions with clients, he's practicing mindfulness meditation. And I said, man, that's exactly at first I've heard him say this before. And I'm like, eh, that's not really, that's not mindfulness. Meditation is when you sit down and you close your eyes and there's no one else with you. But I thought it was really brilliant what he was saying, because what, if I'm understanding what he's saying accurately, another person sitting across from me are just some thoughts being projected out of my own mind in, in the physical realm. And he said, all I'm doing when I'm listening to someone is wanting to, first of all, listen to them and then to say what I think and just say what I think without having uh, an agenda or to lead it in a certain way. I said, yeah, that's, that's, that's mindfulness meditation in, in practice, which too is what I'm hearing you speak to with Nisargadatta. Nisargadatta, yeah. Nisargadatta Maharaj and and Ramana. uh, I imagine that if you and I asked them right now, if they were here with, if, if, they were here with us right now and uh, I think the response might be if we got a response in words <laughs> which is debatable especially from Ramana but it might be something like yeah you you are that the words that you just spoke the question who's the one asking again continually pointing to uh, the fact that all of it is good yes the way it is yes yes and how does it feel how does it feel to say i can't how does it feel to say i don't how does it feel to say you know to orientate the mind because words what the words we choose orient are are the choice to orientate the mind to a certain locus of reality so when I say I can't, I won't, to, to simply be aware of immediate, the immediate visceral, the immediate biological response within my body. And, and to invite people into that is to simply emanate it. So for me, the heart of Logos is I am, I can, I have. I look at it as a trinity. For me, I am is masculine. Mm. I can is feminine aspect for me. And I have is the child, the blended child, the child that is perfectly blended, unified with the father and blended mother. Yeah. The non binary mm-hmm. beingness that in some moments looks just like mom and talks just like mom, and another moment is silent and still and absolute just like that. And this is to me the beauty of I am, and therefore I love. I can, therefore I create. I have, therefore I enjoy. That to me is the heart of Logos, sitting back, I am, I can, I have, 
I love, I create, I enjoy. And then sitting back and now the imagination has been activated. And now the imagination takes the blankness, the void, the pure potentiality, and something now is created. It appears before me. And then I say, and then something rises in me and gives it a name. I call this abundance. I call this man. I call this Costa Rica. And now that word and that image go forth and do the very same thing that is their source. That thing that 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 now embodied living thing is I am, I can, I have. And it has the innate freedom to now turn and say, I am Eve. I am Eden. And that is the beauty of Logos. And I feel, uh, I know in myself the invitation that is present in me, and I imagine it's so in many beings and in the collective, is to seize our words and to seize our images and to seize our will and to decide consciously, what is it I shall say? What is it I shall see? What is it I shall will? And the consciousness required to do that is a consciousness that has liberated itself from the illusion of we'll see, maybe, I hope so. Well, if this and that and that happens, then probably. Or the big one for me is how. How is the great idol of humanity to me? that is the idol I have worshipped. Like, how do I, you know, so much of the things you see on the internet presented to you. Here's how to create six figures every month. <laughs> this guy's creating six figures, possibly for himself, by telling everyone how to create six figures. And that's <laughs> how he does it. But he has, he has to present to you an idea that he knows how, and the more people that buy into his how, it then reinforces how he did it, which is really, in one sense, quite absurd from my perspective. There's another thing to go, oh yeah, I see my, me and my woman on a boat in the Caribbean on these blue waters, mm. and I bask in it, I smell the ocean, and I, I can feel the boat rocking, and I lay in the bed, and I sit in the net, and I can feel the, the wind filling the sails. And I see my fishing pole out in the water and catching myself beautiful meals and cooking them on the boat and sitting back and making love to my woman on the boat. And I just, mmm. And I fully feel it and smell it mm, and relax into it. And then it's just effortlessly surrendered. 
and I, I could totally forget about that. And then suddenly, and then this is happened. This happens to me, and it, it, because it's the phenomenon. Is suddenly I get a call, and somebody's like, "Hey, we got this catamaran, and we're gonna go out on the Caribbean for twelve nights. You want to join us?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yes, of course." And so for me, that's the magic of logos. And the magic of logos is, I choose from. Really, I have chosen, and I recognize the choice I've made. I have decided, I've realized, I've decided. I already know what's in my heart. I already know what feels good. I already know what is in my heart to create and to play with and to see and to sing with and to dance with. And therefore, I allow my imagination and my entire being to serve that resonance. Is what I'm saying making, is is it understandable? To me. <laughs> to me it is. <laughs> to anyone else, I don't know. Right. <laughs> uh, however, I do have, uh, man, there's so many things we can talk about. So the, I, I have a question that will tie this back full circle, but first a, a few a few comments, and if, if you want to interject or... Uh, add your two to 99 cents or six figures opinion on it. I'd, I'd be open to that as well. Uh, first back to when you were talking about I am, I can, I have and negation. I thought of the little game that you and I played. John and I had a conversation probably almost a month ago now where we were playing around with <laughs> not using the word not yes yes <laughs> so the beautiful part and this is interesting even even contrasting this to the uh person that is making six figures and showing you how to make six figures by just showing you what they're doing and that um ab absurd uh thing which we could also dive deeper into that which is in the rules we're going to tell you, we're going to share with you how to play and we're going to break the rule of, we're, we have to, we must break the rule in order to describe how the game is played by saying, we could even, let's try it for 10 minutes of the, the this next part of the conversation yes. after I delineate the rules. Yes. Cool. You're down. Great. So we're not going to use any negation. Yes. And the reason, I, I want to talk about one of the reasons, at least in my mind, why we're not using negation before we begin, otherwise it's going to be really hard for me to describe this, is that what is my mind, what can my mind do it with not? Like what actually, and here's the example that I'll give. For those of you that don't have the visual element, I'm holding up a, a piece of wood for a, a gong right now, and if I said, I'm not holding a piece of wood for a gong, what is my mind? It's a, it seems to me like putting the, the mind in a blender and going, don't think about being in a blender. Maybe I can give a better example. I guess the not thinking of a pink elephant. Yes. Well, what do you think of immediately? Yes. And at the same time, I see the value in it 
in the sense that right now I'm not at the supermarket down the store, down the, down the street. I'm not at the supermarket. I'm not, I'm not at an ecstatic dance. I'm here. I'm here with John having this conversation. But it's obvious. It's like it's it's. I, I, so I guess I'm I'm touching on this because I'm imagining that you were speaking to. Wow, look at the sunlight coming through. This is fucking epic. There oh, it is. Right now, see, you have the the rays this time. You have I've the got, Christ. I got the, I got the rays. I was thinking about using that photo of us for the, for the uh, cover art art for the this podcast. I love it. Uh. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm so, I, I don't. Yeah, exactly. Well, like, fun thing to, right? Because I'm, Cause I'm the figuring mind. this out. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm, I'm like, well, wait, I don't actually know what I'm saying right now because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to figure out like the, the value of the knot yeah. and to say, well, yeah, I'm not on a boat in the Caribbean and I'm sitting here having this, like, uh, oh, this is, this is what I'm exploring with you, which is something like, it's useful for my mind to know that I'm saying these words as opposed to all the words that I'm not saying. Yes. But why do I need to say that? I don't have, I don't need to say that. It's clearly obvious by me saying these words that there are out of all the other words that I could be choosing to speak into manifestation. I'm not saying all of those words. Yes. Which would be impossible. Yes. Yes. It's so good. And so I will step into the game now with you and say, okay, we're playing the game now for me. N O T is pointing towards complete. (laughs) The N O T says you are present to completion. Will you accept your completion? So in a relationship, (laughs) elaborate, please. Yes. So let's take, Let's take a relationship where somebody is, you you recognize someone is speaking to you in a certain way that for you, you recognize says incomplete. Okay. This is incomplete. Ah, yes. Incompletion. And then I could go, well, I will N-O-T. And I will not this, and I will not in that. incompletion. As in, this is on its way to completion. Yes. Is that what you're yes. meaning? Okay. And they they may not see that. See by spelling the word. Th- this is the trick. Is that by breaking spe- a rule? Well, by spelling the word, you but feel the difference when you spell it. It's, it's similar to the words doubt, debt, and dumb. The B is silent because there's no being in those words. So for me, when I say N-O-T. There's what in those words? What did you say? The B is silent. But, but I thought I heard you say a word. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> So I totally cheat, yes, by saying N-O-T, and I notice the difference. <clears throat> okay. So it, you know, that, that, the practice of negation is delicious in the renunciate's life of saying, 
N-O to fear, to illusions, to separation. The completion of that choice is in I am complete. So imagine someone coming to you and saying, you know, negate this, negate that. This is, this is NOT complete. And you go, yes. I am completely aware of what you are saying. And I affirm the reality that you are offering me now. And I hear the exact word you're saying. And I acknowledge exactly what that must feel like and what I am feeling. And that is welcome here. That mind talking to you is now most likely in a flow state. You have allowed the mind to feel its dividedness. Because completion to me is is a matter of the heart. The mind is about things and matters and understanding. Division. Yeah, vision. The heart is division. 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 Yeah, you could say division. Yeah, divided. And and vision. Yeah. And and the complete, you know, the third eye opening, the completion of that is, whoa divided unity like unity and perfect division division and perfect unity i can see it any way i want to i can look at it this way i can look at it that way wow i am complete in each view that i take i complete this view i complete this view i complete this view i complete this view ah yeah what you just said reminded me of neti neti Mm -hmm. which is some of you will have somewhat of a understanding of this i imagine uh actually i know i know that all of you are living fully in this yes whether or n-o-t yes you know (laughs) k-n-o-w this or N O T. So neti neti. It's negation. It's saying I'm, I am N O T. This I am, and this is the the uh, path of renunciates that John was just speaking to, where at first one rejects everything in the physical realm including one's own mind and body only to then get back to the realization that everything, everyone, every mind, every body is the same one consciousness or capital S self. So it's a, it's genuinely actually a practice of removing fictitiously removing everything and everyone only to wind back up realizing that that is was and forever will be the way it is yes this is a perfect transitional point 
for those at this point by the way anyone that has listened to this is what we're saying making sense yes, are you you are you yeah is this is this are you picking up what we're putting down i imagine so because i know that everyone that hears this is a high level advanced spiritual practitioner uh, and if not you are anyway <laughs> So here's the transition, which is fun, which is really fun. With everything that you've shared with me thus far, uh, the question that I can imagine, even the high levels, even the high level spiritual practitioners, the Ramanas that listen to this, the Ram Dasas that give this a listen, uh, how? Yeah, there it is. Did you yes. arrive? Like, like, how did you arrive at this moment sharing these? Like, what is the story Yeah, where you arrived at this point? I'll tell you the end from the beginning because it's the continuous invitation is R-E-L-A-X. It is the sum total of all of it for me. Relax. What is this word? Relax. Relax. Uh, if I if I had someone ask me once of all the things I've read and written and all this and that, what 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 I was some total up to be, and immediately the response was relaxed. Mm. <clears throat> Tension, resistance, is is the game. When you play Monopoly, there's something to get. Therefore, there's something to tension around, contract around. Your focus becomes upon the dice and where your character moves and what it means where where he lands or she lands. And is there a price to be paid? Is there something I can buy? If someone lands there now on my space, what is the price they must pay? And this is the game. The game of life that most yeah, are playing we could say at first. The egoic game. Okay. Possession. Wonderful game. Like, who, who, you know, I remember I was a missionary in India in the 90s playing Monopoly <laughs> with some friends. And it was like, it was like World War Three the seriousness we would bring to it. If you had one guy like quit and give his money to somebody else, the whole game ended because it was like, no, that's not how it works. You know, and there would be such, such tension. Um, one of my, I've gotten in fights playing Monopoly. Yeah. Real full blown, not physical fights, but shouting. Yes. Craziness. Yes. Uh, politics these all these areas where there's tension that's you, where the more the tension is the higher the stakes the game so the mastery for me is not in negating the tension and i i'm not playing the game anymore if not with you we're not playing we're done playing the game so so this is to me where negation is useful. Negation is useful is to, is to recognize, to say, I understand that the game is about this. The game is the affirmation that there is something to get. 
when I say I have it, I've, all, I've automatically negated the game. When I walk around, I am, I have, I can. I can step into any game fully relaxed and win or lose. And enjoy the game. And thereby, because my presence is relaxed, now what's allowed are miracles. Now what's allowed is transcendence. Now what's allowed is sobriety. What's now allowed is love. What's now allowed is kindness. And by stepping into the game consciously from the heart, I'm allowing those beings around me to have an experience of something perhaps they have yet to have seen to have felt, which may call them to wonder why, how was, how was he able to do that? So, so for me, the journey is, is a journey, has been a journey in the past. I was raised, you know, in a strict religious cult-like environment and the tension was massive. What, what can I ask? What specifically? The United Pentecostal Church. Okay. Massive tension. Because I, I was told and I believed that God hated. And I was told and I believed that he had an adversary almost equal to his power who also hated and that I was caught in between the two worlds and depending on which aspect of my nature I followed that would become my ruler and I believed it in the past and the tension was so intense as a kid that I at night fought falling asleep because I believed if I fall asleep, I would lose control and lose the ability to choose who I served and could end up in an eternal hell. And in life reviews, as I have gone on my journey, I've seen the 10,000 deaths I died as a child, sacrificing myself endlessly to Molech, to Saturn, to the gods, hoping for redemption, hoping that if I somehow became good, I would merit relaxation. And so I carried that tension through my life and I sought ways to distract myself from the from the tension. I was a pastor. I traveled the world as a missionary, which was paradoxically conf confrontational because I, especially like India and these other places, the people I met were so happy and content. And I was like... You're there to help. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I'd actually I'd like to ask them like, how they see the world because I'm way more upset and, and 
struggling in my life than they are. They know something I, I don't. So that was, and then at, when I was 35 at the peak of all of it, there was a collapse. I stopped, I'd made a decision to affirm the attention that I was in. And I started to affirm the tension by expressing what I, what the thoughts that I was truly thinking that I thought were true. I started to express the feelings that I felt were true and why. And, and it rocked. It was, it was the tsunami of my life. It rocked every relationship, destabilized. Every this relationship. was when you were a pastor. Yes. I got up in front of the congregation and said, I am a liar. I am a cheat. I am a hypocrite. I have been hiding and denying. And when I said that, I collapsed. I literally collapsed and like curled into a fetal position and wept. And people, certain people just came and, and like embraced me. And I knew I was complete. Like it, it was as if an angel met me there and said, well done, well done. Dude, I got goosebumps right now. You have completed this pastor role. You have fulfilled your agreement to show them the truth. And, and I remember the, the conversations with the leadership. They were like, um... <laughs> Uh, and I was like, bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, uh, we're trying to figure out how to keep How do we here. move forward from here? <laughs> Could you just not talk anymore when you come here? And I was like, you know what? Thank you so much. Bye-bye. <laughs> like kisses, like, thank you. It's, yeah, it's yeah. like thanking the chrysalis, the cocoon. You're like, oh, oh, you, you. And that's where I began the journey of relaxing. At 35, I would get up at the crack of dawn every morning and walk, lived in San Diego and walk up this mountain. And I was in communion with everything. And then the, the, the seeming challenge was, how do I relate to people? <laughs> I'm talking to birds, I'm talking to trees, I'm talking to ancient spirits, you know, ancestors. <laughs> and then I'm looking at regular people like, hi, <laughs> how, how are you? Is that what we say? Wait, I don't even care how you are. I know how you are. I know how you are. I feel you. I could tell you exactly how you are to me. And I would say that and people were like, how do you know that? Then freak out. Are you a witch? Are you some sort? And I'm like, no, I, I, I just, this is just what's true. I'm a newly retired pastor. And yeah, <laughs> this is what newly retired pastors do. They love everything because it's easier. And that really became that, that for the last 11 years has been the journey of relaxing and relaxing. And as I relaxed, letting things collapse. This is why I love mushrooms, because mushrooms, you to me, represent... 
are the invitation to decompose. Decompose is not oblivion. Decomposition is obviousness. To me, when something decomposes, it's simply dissolving what is not obvious into what is obvious. And when it's obvious, it's obvious. You're just like, wow, I'm an, I'm an immortal, eternal being. Oh. Oh. And, and, there's, and, there, and you're complete in that. So, so it's not like, now I need to go tell the world that everyone is immortal and complete and, and, and eternal. Or I could be like, oh, I'm just going to rest in that obviousness and relax into I'm an immortal, eternal being, fully aware and conscious. Oh, enjoying, enjoying everything that I'm seeing because I imagined this. I imagined all of this in detail. And here it is in front of me. Wow. So you mean the mission is not to go spread and convert the whole world so that they know who they are? Yes. Yes. And for some, the mission may be to go do that. Because for me, at one point, it was... Uh -huh. And yet, really, what it was was an invitation to complete that ideology. And who can take away my ide ideology? No one. I must complete my ideology. I must complete it. And when you complete it, you'll know it. You'll know it. This feels like a perfect time for our advertisement, our two-minute advertisement to kick in um, that I don't actually have. Uh, that's just fancy talk for me realizing that I have 6% battery and I want to plug my laptop in. And if John wants to make up an advertisement for the next two minutes, he could do that. Or if we just want to relax and yeah. take a quick minute or two break, and then we'll be right back um, after I plug my laptop in. Thank you, brother. You're welcome.
we're back. Hope you all enjoyed that advertisement. Sign me up. Ramana's program. I, I'm I'm interested in the six figures per month. I'm in. <clears throat> you know, uh, I've heard Ram Das tell this one so many times about Neem Karoli Baba. Mm-hmm. This was in India, Ram Das's guru, where someone asked him a question about money once and Neem Karoli Baba looked around and smiled and he just goes I have all the money in the world and I just I love that story because Ram Dass's reflection on that is something like either that's the most neurotic thing <laughs> I have ever heard because this man for those of you that don't know is he's is not a trust fund baby and he certainly doesn't have a big corporate business. He probably has zero rupees on his person at any given time. But his oneness, his knowing, his relaxing into this obviousness that John was just speaking to, he knows that there really actually truly is no difference between the money on his physical being and the money that's, that's um, all over the globe. Yes. Yes, and that what someone can do with that is then offer themselves a negation of money, which you can play in. And then there's the realization of being authentic with yourself and saying, where, where am, how do I currently hold my relationship with money? What is mm-hmm. money to me? Mm-hmm. And if money matters to you, then... That's a wonderful thing to know. And then ask yourself, how am I trying, we could say, how am I efforting, what am I doing to get money? And what's that like for me? How enthusiastically am I involved in the making, the getting of money? Because again, it brings me back to mushrooms. <clears throat> Entheo, you know, possessed by spirit, possessed by the energy of God, filled with, that to me is what a mushroom is. And when you partake, you are eating your God self. You are partaking of your higher self. You are choosing to surrender control for choice, whether you're conscious of that or not. And and as the food makes contact with your body, your body remembers its creator. And if your creator is scary to the mind, your body goes, it's time to clear this out. It's time to face 
what we've made of money, of God, of relationships. It's time to look at it safely and feel it. Did that feel safe? After, I'm very curious about, like, specifically, what I heard you say is you had a traumatic childhood and upbringing with a deeply uh, polarizing, might be one word to say it, religious set of beliefs. And then at some point or another, I'm imagining after 35, mushrooms, psilocybin mushrooms were introduced to your life. And I'm really curious about what that experience was like, especially with the ideas of God that you had. Yeah. And then having mushrooms. Yeah. So, so prior to my choice to believe what the church told me, I had these extravagant mystical experiences as a kid around seven years old. Mm. And then I went into, then I believed what I was told and I seemingly lost that connection. And it would come and go at times. There were moments where I would have these flashes and communications and then it would fade. So 35, like, there was a huge dissolving. And then, then the quest was, is how do I, I'm going to now lead my family into a place of safety before I, because I could see, I could see what was available to me now as a timeline. So I made a choice to move to, to bring my kids to a certain age, to move my family to a certain place, to get things into a settled place before I set off. So there was the direct experiences I was having, but there was also still holding um, a strong aversion to matter, to people's words, and to any sort of substances. When it, what age are you talking around? So from right 35 now? to 45. Okay. There were, there were, I, I believed and held strong judgments about toxic people, uh, people who wouldn't take responsibility, substances as being, um, I had a, a nephew at the time that was a heroin addict and I had adopted some some teenage boys at a certain point in my life who, who had strong drug affiliations and watching them struggle. Mm -hmm. I held reinforced this idea that drugs destabilized. But it but the paradox of it was it was the most stable thing for them in their worlds. This and is, maybe maybe even something that one of the only things that could provide relief from the world that they were living in too. Yeah. And from what they were told and believed growing up. Mm -hmm. So I remember reflecting on that. So so I had a strong aversion to those things and and I lived in this tiny little town up in California and I uh, met all these people who were mushrooms and LSD and microdosing and they would tell me these stories and I was like, that was, they, they would tell me things that related directly to mystical experiences. Uh -huh. 
uh, of, of what you knew about from being a pastor? Well, from direct, having direct experience of having these mystical experiences. Oh, okay, okay. Which is like, you know, like you're having breath work or a good hike or sex or so many different ways in which suddenly you're, you're aware of the unity of everything directly. Mm-hmm. And so I remember uh, I left my normal life and spent a couple of years wandering and settled here in Denver and, and met this incredible woman on Halloween of 2020. And my brother had, had at the time had invited me into these spaces of medicine and I would do Kana. And for people who aren't familiar with Kana, it's, it's a really warm, it's out, it's out of Africa, it's a flower. It's, it's mm. like, it, it's basically like liquid relax. Like when mm. it hits your whole, your whole nervous system, just, it feels like my whole nervous system just went booge like this, so gently. K-A-N-A? I think so, yeah, Kana. And um, I made this, uh, I, so I did that a few times and met this woman and she had done lots of ayahuasca and other stuff. And, and through watching people and seeing that, I realized, wow, this, there's something here. And, it, and it, it, it confronted me with my own ideology, with I, I should be able to just access God in my higher self all on my own. I, don't, I shouldn't need anything that was almost immediate that you had that awareness like oh okay i'm experiencing this through this thing and i ought to be able to do it on my own own. yeah and what i found in in medicine spaces i would go into them and not take medicine but how relaxed everyone was and honest everyone was it was mystical in and of itself So I made a dis. I reached. I told my my partner, and, and she reached out to a couple of friends. I said, "I'm ready for mushrooms." And so we set this night, and two other couples were going to come over. And I spent a day and a half, like in a panic. Pre pre mushrooms. Yeah. And she put this. She uses this frequency, this FSM machine. It's like a tensing machine, but it's gentler and it runs two currents on you. And she ran this program on me that was about trauma and, and resetting your nervous system. And as I'm sitting there, all of a sudden I'm a Pope in my inner eye. I'm a Pope and I hate women. (laughs) I hate women, like hate them, but I can feel how much I long for them down here in my groin uh, but I hate them shit. here yeah oh, I hate them shit. and yeah, I hate yeah. the earth and I hate indigenous people and I hate laughter and I hate freedom and I hate happy people and I hate orgies and I want all of it destroyed I want everything destroyed And you, but you want it but you hate it because you're not letting yourself have it yes is that what you're yes wow. and I am and I and I feel this little boy in me inside the Pope screaming, Mama. Everyone, this is before he took mushrooms, by yes. the way. Still. Still. Because I'm telling you, the mystical experience is the choice to listen, to see what's right in front of you. And can I interrupt you here? Yes. Okay, because this is this is something that, like, 
and I, I want to pick up right back where we left off, yes. but this has been so potent for me, even, even just recently in past conversations, talking about how when I was in high school with my friends, whether it was alcohol or marijuana, it was this sort of like reason slash excuse for us to just feel awesome and to <laughs> laugh with each other and to make out with you. No, I'm just kidding about the make out part. <laughs> But it was, it was this like reason to like be, allow us to be goofy. And then I'm, I'm going to relate that to the first heroic dose experience I had. Did I have the experience of an ego death and seeing the oneness of all things, because that's intrinsic to something about a psilocybin mushroom, or is it simply because of all the education and information and getting ready that I, I basically, basically the, the exploration is, and it's probably both. I think the answer to this is it's somehow absolutely both of these things, but there's something so deeply uh, in me that feels true about the placebo effect of uh, when I'm in high school and I'm with my buddies, like it's not the alcohol or the marijuana and it's not the mushrooms that's, that's, dropping me into this it's the energy that i'm putting into this experience to go this is the thing that's going to allow me to be myself or to see the truth or whatever it is and that has such a such a strong effect on it probably yes that's that's the caveat that i I love it and and the beauty is these plants this chemistry is available for the body just like Chick-fil-A <laughs> makes chicken available to the body. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, Maybe. it's the mushroom is this, is me aware of myself in that way. And so there I am and I hate medicine and technology and anything that says God is easy and pleasurable and happy. As the Pope, we're back to As the Pope. being the Pope. Cool. And the, and I'm also where this little boy in me, mama, like, like, like a shriveled man that has not eaten and is starving and knows the only way that he can make it is to take the food from the voluptuous mother figure. The suckle from her breast to to pull her in, and I just started to weep. Oh, as I heard the little boy and the Pope in me just went back and just like dissolved in bliss. And I opened my eyes, and they were they were handing out the medicine, and I did one gram of Golden Teachers, and I took it in my hand. There was no fear. And I swallowed it and I laid down on the couch. And in five minutes, this giant, in my inner vision, again, this giant orange orb appears to me like a mandala. And it's laughing. And my jaw starts like vibrating. I'm like, and, and my whole body is like, vibrating and it says to me we have been waiting for you for eons 
thank you for allowing us to touch you. And I just wept and wept and wept. And they said, the voice said, it wasn't so much a voice as a knowing. You, you have held such dark, hard things in your body and it's time for your body to know itself as it is. And we are here to serve your body in remembering. So we are going to reconnect what seemingly is not connected for you. And I saw like neurogenesis on a huge scale. I saw pathways that energy was limited to pass this way explode. And all new ways, lines connecting all. So it was like pulsing with life. And I remember opening my eyes and everyone was like seated, seated around me, except for my, my May. And I open my eyes and I look up and I can see like through the walls. I can see the electricity and energy moving through the house. I, I can see in the air, you know, all the, the, the Aztec Mayan geometry moving. I look at my friends and I can see the colors of their auras and the colors of their being and I can see where they're at. And I look at them and I just start weeping and I see like my one friend, she's like violet. This is violet color. And my other friend, Keenan, he's all red. And I could see how could, like mad he was about his, his current experience. And, and it was, everything was obvious. Everything was obvious. But it was now both sensual, like uh, both in a feeling sense, but also visual. It was like those fields had united. And I was so grateful. And then I looked at my May and she was white death. Like she was pure white. This death. is your beloved. And I could, I kept looking away. It was like looking in the hottest flame, knowing that nothing that was not immortal, eternal, pure could survive. And I, and it was like searing my face. And I just kept, I would be like, honey, I can't, I'm sorry. Like, not yet. And so that night, there was just shedding and decomposing so many things with ease, the ease of it. This is why I'm a fan, is because it's like efficiency. It's like the choice for efficiency. It's the choice to be like, I, I choose efficient expression safely by partaking of this. We could do it without it. And yet, like you said, when we make that choice, and we come into an environment and that's what we've decided the purpose for. Now I can have this efficient way of letting things be expressed, acknowledged and felt, and therefore they decompose and integrate. And now there's a gratitude for each and every experience. Resistance dissolves. And so there came this point and it continues to be where I fully allowed the dark side 
I allowed Lucifer, the Luciferian principle, to come full forward. And I realized I had restrained this principle in me, which was the liar, the thief. As I brought it full forward, it is the, it is the honest, real-time self. It filters not, it hinders not itself. It's just real time, boom. And over the last year and a half now, that has been the energy I've been integrating. Is it's, it's like the firstborn. It is the first, it's the principle that says, because I am, because I can, because I have, I wonder what it would be like to forget that. Mm. And therefore I have created a way to forget it and in your forgetting to remember. And in your remembering to return with something unique. That in some ways the sense of separation allows us to birth a Christ, allows us to birth a seemingly individuated representation of the Godhead and to return to God as God, as a God individuated. To come before God and say, behold, I am. And God say, and, uh, and to feel God looking at you as father and mother and say, it is good. It is good. Well, that is the heart of it for me. Mm. Was this the only mushroom experience since then? No, uh, <laughs> hundreds. Some some weeks daily because uh, because of following the heart's guidance in microdosing with other medicinals, um, the integration that I am able to efficiently allow, the choice to efficiently allow integration. And then serving others in this space for me is the joy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Watching people who are seemingly so good at hiding come into the space and go, I don't want to hide anymore. And here's the truth and be like, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. They all do. What is it? I tell them, you know, say all the things. Tell me more. Mm -hmm. What are you present to? If you felt safe to express it, secure to feel this, what would you say? What would you acknowledge you're feeling? And the integration occurs real time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, about five, six months ago, Zlatka and I, I invited you to the mushroom. We did a mushroom retreat in San Jose del Pacifico, which is a really fucking amazing, cool place because this is where Maria Sabina, mm. uh, she, this is right near her hometown where she's the one, for those listening, um, that basically introduced psilocybin to the Western culture in like the 50s or 
maybe the 60s. Uh, and it was such an, I mean, I've had many mushroom experiences, uh, many, uh, nine, ten, something like that, over the past five, four or five years. And this was different because it was with the tribes that have been passed, Zapoteca tribes that have been passing this down in the mm-hmm. lineage there in the foothills of uh, Mexico. And we, they were fresh. So they were fresh mm-hmm. mushrooms, which was like the flavor of these things was <laughs> horrendous to put down. Yeah. And it is interesting. They, they walk around, they say, stick out your tongue in it. And you're like that. And if your tongue's not like black, they give you more. And uh, I was with Slavka. I had a similar, she also, we, we had our own ceremony with the indigenous, the Zapoteca tribe. Uh, not, not, they're not a tribe. They're just, I don't know what to call them. A people. family. They're, they're a family. People. Yeah. 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 Uh, and it was so beautiful because we had our own ceremony before we got to serve the retreat participants, those that came to the retreat. And we, had, we actually brought them in. We thought we were just going to get the mushrooms from them, but we wanted our participants to have it directly from, from brother, my hands when I was giving the mushrooms to the participants. I've never had anything like this happen before. This was this was like some fifteen people and some people's first mushroom experience and dude, my hands were sweating like they were sweating and swollen and I was so grateful because it felt like some kind of uh, honestly it felt like my sweat going into the leaf and then my own passing along sort of what what I've received from them and that being in there with the medicine they were receiving but it felt like a a giant ceremonial eucharistic like yeah. passing along of whoa wow. yeah Any, anyhow the, the thing that i really wanted to, uh, to um share with you was when we had our own ceremony and i was with Slavka, there was something on my heart that i was keeping from her i actually i'm not even i don't want to disclose it exact uh in full detail here but i'll just say this much which was i was there was an image of me that I was protecting, that I thought if she knew about, she would reject Mm. and she wouldn't want to be with me. Mm. And so then I was continually very deep in my psyche building this, what I thought was a fake sense of self and then a fake relationship with her Mm. because if she knew about this thing that I did, she would no longer want to be with me. Yeah. And so it's like full on and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, Either this is the perfect time to tell her this. <laughs> this is this is the worst time to tell her this because this could this I'm here thinking this is pre-retreat. This could end my relationship, and we're about to be co-facilitating with two other this other couple this this ceremony, and there was something about it where it was so strong in me, brother. Where I just said, I'm sitting there. I was sitting there like this. I'm in lotus position. I was on the floor. She was laying down. And I'm like, she asked me, she's like, are you okay? <laughs> What's going on? Because I'm, I'm clearly like on the verge of communicating this thing. And she's in the feeling space, kind of like you talked about with seeing the electricity and feeling the, the redness of your friend. She can feel me. And I'm like, I have to tell you something. <laughs> I have to tell you something. And I tell her. 
And you know what her response is? She's mm. like, I love you so much. Uh, like, no matter what. Uh, and I'm just like, ah, oh, yes! Yes! Thank you, God! And yes. I was like, there's, there's more. I have yes. more. Right, there's more. <laughs> I have other situations yes. to tell you about right now, too. And... <sighs> Yeah, I'm like, I'm feeling it again right now, even with you and sharing this. I have yet to share this in a more public way. Um, and it was so relieving. And, and that's, I mean, that's not to say it doesn't turn out that maybe there are other circumstances and other timelines and other partners I'm with where I say that. And they're like, I'm going to get a plane ticket yeah. back. You'll be doing your mushroom ceremony alone. Yeah. Good luck. But uh, yeah, it was extremely grateful and fortunate that yeah and i I introduced her to mushrooms like i she had her first three gram ceremony with me uh right before she took a flight back to chicago and so it's just been like this is this is what i'll say because this is what i kept saying to to zladka during the mushroom uh experience and this is in part why I named this podcast. The name of the podcast is Unspeakable Bliss, which I kept looking looking at Zlatka while we're both experiencing this. Like, I still, to this day, like, it's so surreal. I'm going back there next year if you want to come with me for another. I haven't had mushrooms since because it was so potent. And that's what the family says. They're like, you could be integrating for a year. Yeah. And every year you could just come back. So you're invited to come back Thank with you. me if you if you want to come yes. and and your and your lady yes. too we can go back and have our own and then we'll probably end up having a, a retreat for participants thereafter as well but you could definitely come and be with the family with us so i'm still integrated like i'm still haven't had mushrooms since this experience uh because it's been so potent and so this is what i kept saying to zladka and again the reason why i call this unspeakable bliss I kept looking at Slapkin, and I kept going. And that's what I have to say about the whole yes. experience. Yes. <gasps> yes. Yes. <laughs> I love it. And that, that is the Vegas nerve speaking right there. Yeah. That, yeah. That's attuning the Vegas nerve, which is, to me, the, the representation of the forked tongue of the serpent of Lucifer of Lilith. It is that, yeah, it is that thing in us mm-hmm. that knows what is true for us mm. and says it mm-hmm. and allows it to be heard. That to me is, is, is the choice of the work is to say, I'm going to express what arises not because it is truth, but because it is present. And, and if I don't, that means I am containing it and holding it in here and allowing it to germinate. But I am at choice. I choose to speak consciously and I choose to contain consciously. That to me is the integrated Luciferian principle. Simple, direct, relaxed. 
this is another cool answer to how. How. Uh, just yesterday when I was sitting up by the waterfall, by the river, I keep calling it a waterfall. I guess it's a waterfall, so it's a elongated, less incline of a waterfall river. Uh, and we, I was pointing to this rock sitting right in front of me because he was asking me about my journey and how I've arrived here. And, uh, yeah, one of the big truths is I don't know. <laughs> and then there were, like, all these little things that I can point to in my past and be like, well, I think that had certainly something to do with how I arrived here. And one of those things was during a mushroom ceremony, you talk, you talked about forgetting and remembering. I forgot even after, even after a heroic dose, even after meditate, whatever, like all the, all of these different practices and things I forgot. And when I forgot it, I, not only did I forget, but I began judging myself by uh, judging and defining myself exclusively my worth by what I do to earn money. Mm. So this is, I went from coach, coach, receiving thousands of dollars for having conversation, this like a conversation very much so like this to making smoothies for $2 a smoothie and then cleaning up the whole shop. And, and I would count on a day, you know, I would count, I'd make 60 smoothies for $120 and for 12 hours. And I'm coaching people in the interaction, but now I'm not being compensated for it, but I'm doing it because it's coming from the kindness of my own heart. <laughs> Can you see how kind I am? Yeah. Loving. Yeah. And, and, and I was really in this, like I filed a bankruptcy. I'm living. I'm, I'm a spiritual life coach living in my parents' basement. What's happening here. And, and really defining and judging myself by this, this narrow set of circumstances. And during around this time, it, it had been about a year since my first heroic dose, maybe two years even. And a, a, a relationship had collapsed, decomposed, and a new one was starting to, um, it was on its way in with my beloved here, Zlodka. And I knew it was time for some mushrooms. Like I knew that it, it was time to go back in and, and to do this thing. And... I did two back-to-back, -back, about six grams one night with my dear brother. And then I drove to, from Cleveland to Chicago to Zlodka and did a, her first. This was her first heroic. And we both did it, which was an interesting. That was a whole interesting experience in and of itself. Yeah. We were both on six grams of mushrooms wow. together. Yeah, it was, it was intense. But the whole, the, the thing about this weekend experience that I had where I, I was the manager at the smoothie shop. So like I took off, I took off, but my, my dear friend who was running it with me didn't really, it, it, it things were just not aligned with the way that I was running the store. Cause I was, I was lying to myself. Yes. I was lying to myself <clears throat> and I was, that position was a light at the end of a tunnel for me when I was in a very dark place and I wanted certain things to be true. I wanted us to open up 20 stores and, and all this big grandiose money making thing again and being a young man defining myself by how much I make or whatever, whatever that whole narrative is. 
I have these mushroom experiences and this is where I go back to looking at that rock with my brother. And I, I said, bro, like you see that rock in front of us? There was a, there was a bunch of water. We're sitting on a big rock. There's a bunch of water. And then this other rock. I said, I swear, I just use the analogy of a door or a rock up until a certain point, and And I pinpointed at this, this specific back-to-back heroic doses, I would do things where I knew the door was here in front of me. You're the rock. John in front of me is the rock. This, this thing, this doorway. And yet I would, I would be like walking towards it. It was this continually, I'm not there yet, mm-hmm. but I will one day open this door. I must suffer my way. Yeah. I must have more experiences. And then on the way there, not only is that narrative playing, but then there's the side opportunity. Oh, oh, well, I guess I could do this. Or, oh, there's that thing. Oh, you know, I'm going to go work at Applewood Child Services and go back to school to be a mental health counselor to make sure that what I'm doing is right. And I'm and let me explore this and then mm. let me explore that. And I'm going to get a master's in, in psychology because I want to make sure I want to play out Ram Dass's story, actually, is what I want to do. And and I want to make sure that what I'm doing is good. And ju- and I'm ignoring this door that's right in front of me. And yeah. that mushroom experience, brother, like what it what. I'm projecting onto it or the way it was, whatever it is, is I just said, what if I operate in my life where all I see is that fucking door? That's it. And that's coaching, that's speaking, that's writing, that's doing the things that, that really enliven my spirit where I look at myself at the end of the day or any point during the day. And I say, yeah, you know, like this is I'm on the edge. I'm living my mission, whatever that means for me. And these are the things that feel really, really good and fulfilling for me to do. And those are the only things I'm going to do. The other things don't even exist anymore. Like they just don't. And that's what I was communicating to my little my my brother here yesterday, which is until that alignment is just like, yes, this, just this then there, then for, from my experience, there's been the wavering mind or the, the mind that comes up with many different options instead of this is what I want to do. This is who I am. And these are the things that I'm going to do. And I'm also no longer defining myself. Like I don't find my worth in the fact that uh, my entire worth, some of my worth, I, I think I absolutely do derive some of my fulfillment and purpose from having this conversation with you from sitting with my brother on the rock yesterday from doing these retreats from writing that book or whatever. But I know that it's again, to your point in that obviousness of, yeah. And you know what? I could go, uh, it doesn't matter what I do. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Almost as simple as that. It's like, I am. Thank you for listening to that. that Yes. Tangent. Thank you for sharing that tangent. It's beautiful. And, you know, what I'm hearing you're saying is you're, that you're honoring and recognizing that your heart is the door. Well, that's what I hear is that you're saying you recognize that the heart is the door. And, it, and the choice and the choice to for the heart is to simply open the door and allow the heart, which is the mystery, to conduct your affairs. Yes, that's what I, that's what I say yes to. Yeah. And if it's not, if it's not that, it's a no. Yes. And the heart knows your affairs so intimately. And I and I I feel what you're inviting me into is the recognition of how 
beautiful it is to relax into my heart, to let each word, each gesture, each action, each movement that I make be informed by my heart. And therefore, everything I seemingly do and say is perfect. And I feel it. And the choice to slow down and relax to me is all, you know, the work is relax. Like, hey, relax. And people are like, I can't, I just can't relax. Okay. I'm going let, to, let's relax into the fact that you can't relax. And suddenly they start relaxing. So I hear your invitation, Christopher, and I accept it. point of I can't relax I can't relax okay being fully with full the full expression of I can't almost like the accepting of the rejecting brings us back to the middle point of equanimity where there's there's the constraint isn't the thing that's taking maximum capacity because there's even within this constraint around it, there's the spacious acceptance of it. And it's like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I feel that. I can, I have, I am relaxed. I enjoy being relaxed. I can relax right now and fully acknowledge what is present in my life. And by that's that again comes back to the logos. What I decree, what I choose to say, where I choose to speak from, I create then the ripple in the pond that becomes my experience. And when I'm in a moment in my day and I feel disturbed, what I recognize is what I have said in the past has come home. It has returned to me. And it can come through my beloved's mouth or through a situation where suddenly I'm bothered by what's being said. Ah, my words have returned to me. My choice has returned to me. This frequency vibration has come home Will I choose to accept it? Will I choose to embrace it? Will I choose to relax and allow it home? Or shall I again resist and judge it and send it back on its way to return again another day? And there are days and moments where stuff comes back to me and I, I, I recognize that I'm I'm choosing to not be with it. So then I will say to it, I see you, I acknowledge you. I invite you to return again to me in another moment with ease and grace. It 
because one of the big ahas for me is honoring my capacity. There are times when my beloved will bring something up and and when I honor my capacity and say, I hear you and I would like to set some time aside later on today or tonight or this week to consciously talk with you about this, that's wonderful. When I go, oh, shit, I need to, oh, God, I, I'm doing something wrong. I need to fix this. What is she saying? Okay, how do I correct this? I spin, spin out. And so honoring the word, honoring what she's saying, what she's present to, and then recognizing my current capacity. Because when I'm in my capacity, it's like, oh, baby, tell me more. Like we, we, we recently went out to Utah and going out for a journey and there were some some we listened to this podcast that i would never normally listen to i would have judged the shit out of it <laughs> it was about the misuse of plant medicine and facilitators and all this and i i sat back and took it in and honored everything i heard and and wrestled with it inside and instead of like turning it off or getting judgy i was like i hear her i hear what she's saying I honor. And it was it was amazing. And then May turns to me and she says, you know, there's these things that I've been experiencing with you that, that I'm I'm complete with. And I said, Yeah, I hear you. Will you share with me what you imagine I look like in that completion? Mm. And she started to share what she imagined. And again, I just tears. As I saw myself complete in her and that weekend we we literally experienced it together like that weekend we walked through the space as a unified field and i would hold this space and she would interact or she would hold the space and i would interact and it was magic and people were like when you guys came in the room it was you didn't have to say anything but it was so wonderful just to see you two and the way you looked and the way you looked at us it's just like everything is good so I, I share all that as the recognition that when I'm aware of my present capacity, I'm aware of the container, I'm aware of the context, I'm aware of expression safety. Oh, tell me more. I hear you. Is this what you mean? Oh yeah, I get that. I see where I see where I have I have held that unconsciously in our relationship. I hear you, honey. Yes. And let's imagine now from our completing this journey what it looks like versus when i'm in a place where she's talking and inside i'm like eh, going hey that that to me is really the heart of maturity for me is the willingness to go hey i hear you and this sounds really important and i'd like to take some time for it to, and i'd like to give myself some time and space to really step into that capacity to do so and when I know I'm, I'm consciously ready and capable, we will have this conversation. And that's, that for me is one of the most delicious ahas in this term of logos is the ability to receive what a person is saying, like you brought up, just sitting back, like with your brother. What is your brother's like, how are you doing that? You're the container, you're the space, you're, you're the choice. 
to fully witness and be present to him. And instead of you interfering, he just crystal, he sees in the mirror crystally exactly what's going on in him. And what a gift. What a gift that is to give authentically when it's present. It's, it's, this isn't something I conjure. It's not like I'm going to remain in this state no matter what. Because <laughs> that probably wouldn't be coming from that state then, right? Cause yeah. Holding on to... That's like almost... To me, I can hear the threat of... And yeah, so what if you don't? Yeah. And then you try to cling to that state and you end up blowing... For me, I've ended up blowing up or blowing out. And that's not the state. Clinging to the state, the very act of... The the very moment when I say, I've remembered the truth and I'm going to stare at this light bulb and never fall asleep ever again. Yes. And then I fall asleep. Yes. And then forgetting, remembering, forgetting, remembering. You know, the really funny thing about you pointing out the interaction yesterday with my brother on the rock is just two hours before that, I was in a, a taxi with Sladka And I said, let's return to this in 24 hours or around that time. Because in that moment, I felt, I was asking myself, where is the compassion and the love? Mm. Which that question isn't always there. Sometimes it's, let me just have this, this battle with my beloved, which I don't want to do, but I do. And I have had that occur. And, and I was just really aware of the fact that if I speak anymore, it's, it's going to be this reactive little boy attacking mm-hmm. this, yes. what may, maybe is this reactive little girl. And, and then I go over to the rock and I, I told like when I met with, with my brother here, he, he's staying at our place pretty much the moment I saw him, I'm like, I'm a little thrown off right now. Like I, I've been, and I was just real with the way it was, but what was interesting about it is at, on the rock then, a little bit later, we were sitting there with each other. And I'm like, yeah, here's the love. Yeah. Here's the compassion. Here's yeah. the, and I could feel it come back in. And then you're probably later today, a lot of this interaction and exchange because I, I just, I can feel when that, ego or whatever it is the the wounded child is is there and honestly the the best recently has been i want to step away Mm -hmm. and i want to go realign i want to go within because if i speak right now i have a feeling it's just not gonna be conducive to us coming back into coherence or resonance with ourselves and each other beautiful such maturity Right, because when I'm tense, what I'm hearing you saying is, you recognize the tension. Mm-hmm. When you speak intention, in tension, what do you get? More tension. So, wow, you're you know my beloved, you're inviting me to relax. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I I I will relax. 
I will relax. Thank you. Do you not set intentions for this specific? I'm curious what your relationship with setting intentions is. Oh yeah. I think intention, I think desire, desire, intention, and then allowing. Okay, cool. And then I combine that with surrender and humility. They're like the overlords, you know? Yeah. Awesome. I just, there's so many people. Now I I shouldn't say so many, a number of people who will, uh, I'm actually going to film some content with my buddy after this. He was saying, he's like, yeah, I found myself saying grand rising all the time and then judging the shit out of it. He's like, <laughs> why am I saying grand rising? Like, And what he was picking up on is this inauthenticity of he saw this group of individuals who say grand rising instead of good morning, because apparently good morning is casting a, a spell of who wants to have a good I don't know if you've heard this in the good spiritual morning. community. Yeah. yeah. Like, dude, you don't want to tell people to mourn. And I'm, I'm a, I, ever since I've heard that, I'm like, that's a different, that's, there's a you in there. There's I, a, so if you're mourning, that's not the experience that I have when I wish someone a good morning. Anyhow, what I'm, what I'm speaking to and happy about is that you didn't respond and say, yeah, I don't set intentions because I don't want to live intention. And that's just <laughs> not the thing of, it, it could just get it. Get, we become yeah. word Nazis at a certain point where it's like we can have a good morning and set our intentions without casting demonic spells on ourselves. Yes. And and yes. And the word Nazi stage and play is so much fun because. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because, again, you're 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 choosing to complete an, an ideal and the ideal is really. First, I'm, you know. I, I hear these things and then I want to imply implement them. So I start implementing them myself, but then I think, then I believe it's my duty to, to enforce everyone else into this ideology, <laughs> right? Which then either it's the com- same trap again, right? It either completes my ideation by I surrender it or I take it inward. And I go, really the invitation is for me to be conscious of my words. And I will demonstrate that to my friends in how I choose my words, and then I will allow them to say whatever it is to me, and I will notice how I re- what's the response in me that comes up in response to their words. And I'm going to let that be here too. And what I find is the more I allow myself to be conscious of what I'm present to moment to moment, the simpler the 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 na- my nature then is relaxed, and it is as if we are we are undoing and retraining ourselves to relax into each moment, and we do that by calling back moments. For me, it has been calling back all the moments I spent as a kid in complete tension, calling it back to me. Because I, what I, well, the way I see it is that each moment that I held tension, I created something and I, I seemingly cast it out of myself. And it's been out here creating my world for me, messing with matter for me, resonating in matter for me, and then coming back. And I think sometimes spiritual people then like go, well, I'm just going to negate all the negativity. <laughs> 
But until negativity is seen as perfectly, wonderfully neutral in the sense that it's an aspect of existence, then really I'm just continuing to cast those moments out. And the way that I feel and see it about it now is like that those first seven years are a tremendous amount of energy that we are creating. And, and it would seem that many people spend the rest of their life living out the choices that seven-year-old made. When you make the choice to heal, to integrate, to remember, you call that seven-year-old's creations back. And they are full of power. Like, these are silverback gorillas and T-Rexes and Optimus Prime and He-Man and the A-Team and MacGyver. And, you know, for me, these are these characters. This is God, Elohim. This is this is big stuff. Comes back. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, you know, this energy is like, uh, and you're like, and the capacity to, to, to feel that and breathe it in and be like, I'm with you. You're safe here. You are mine. I got you. And the thing goes, uh, uh, uh. and now there's this incredible energy. I've been having these dreams, typically where I'm making love, my beloved, and then suddenly I drop out of imagery and I'm in this pure like energy and I'm churning this energy like an engine. And, it, and like every movement is like, insane amount of power and bliss and I'm churning that energy and it's and I'm like yes 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 that is that feels to me the 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 purity of desire the purity of the heart I wonder I I choose And therefore, in that choice, suddenly I'm aware of this energy and this energy is like now awaiting my release, just waiting to, it's like a child just waiting for you to handle the ice cream cone. And you like hand it to them in slow motion. <laughs> they don't know they get it. Now, God, boom. I, it, it feels, that's, that's, what I'm aware of in, in this journey is that delicious realization that I, I am the container. I have the capacity. I can complete each moment. And therefore, I do. It is. Amen. That to me is the the completion, the beginning, the end of Logos is Amen. And so it is. I am complete. And so it is. I am lost. And so it is. I am confused. And so it is. It's incredible to me the response, the power that is innate in us and when we recognize it and say I choose now to affirm creation I choose now 
to honor the completion of my journey in separation. I choose now the love, the joy, the contentment of life. And I choose to extend that into each moment. Wow. Watch, watch, watch your life. Watch all the money and all the beautiful people and all the things effortlessly, gently come right into your life. My big decree right now is in, in me, I am loved, I am respected, I am cherished. And therefore, I love and I cherish and I respect those beings around me. And by making that decree, what I'm saying to the field between relationships and me is if there is any disrespect, dishonor, dislove, discherishing, come forward now. Come forward now to be loved, to be cherished, and to be respected. So I, I think, I know at times people can hold this idea of when I stand in affirmation, my life's just going to be perfect. Yes, it's going to be perfectly cleared of all obstacles. When you make the choice to say, I choose love, then, then what you're saying to the subconscious is, call everything up that I've ever said is unloved. Because I choose to love it now. And the subconscious goes, okay. We're going to clear the field now. And your conscious and subconscious, your higher self and your lower self unify. I get to be, you know, goofy and dorky and silly and playful. And I get to be godlike and mature. He-man. And, and silent. I get to be all of it. sounds to me like you naturally combine mindfulness meditation but actually there's there's no time when you are not meditating i mean maybe maybe sometimes that the unconscious switch will but what i heard you sharing just now is that all of life in any situation especially the ones that are are uh triggering or unsettling if we invite that our presence kind of like we talked about with with being with another person who's feeling like they can't drop in or, or be present and that it, it genuinely sounds like a combination of mindfulness meditation practice in action along with and it might, it might just be the same exact thing healing the inner child and allowing yeah. those those first seven years to reintegrate yes. and to come into their fullness as a a, a being um, that we are now um, yeah. and I, I want to share this with you too because you can probably support me with it or not <laughs> I don't know we'll find out uh, but you, you reminded me of this when you were talking about bringing these things up to uh, all the things that aren't love, which is this, this practice that this psychologist, he's a friend of mine, um, my, my partner's friend, we, were, we just had dinner over here the other day, 
and he's like third eye opening soma psychology really cool stuff that he does and he was at a men's circle that i was at two weeks ago i'm hosting another men's circle this evening actually and something occurred at the men's circle where i just went right into well, the, the culminating result was this fear of being humiliated and what he presents me to, he said, that's where the energy is for you. Mm -hmm. So whether it's in meditation or in a conversation like this, which I, I love that as a practice, I am speaking about it yes. because it's been this delicate, delicate as in, I don't, I'm, I'm orienting myself around this thing that's deep or yeah. my experience is that this is something that occurred in early childhood Yes. And maybe with my parent dynamics where I uh, fear of fear of making a fool of myself. Yes. Fear of being inadequate uh, and hu humiliated. And then this is this is where my mind goes. Because now I'm at the point of, yeah, so what? Because I have voluntarily put myself in so many of those situations yes. and been like, yeah, and I'm cool. Like, I'm fine. And maybe, maybe I have, it, John, it's that delicate dance of, I want to, I want to be courageous and at the same time, not be defined by the fear, like building this entity around, well, now I'm this person who's no longer afraid to be humiliated, but yet it seems like I almost let that create me. Yes. What do you, where, what are you picking yeah. up that I'm? sharing it's the day i hear a dance you know you're dancing with the energies of aversion right aversion and attraction i imagine under the surf like at the deep level it's a recognition of humility humility dude yes that's what it comes back to and the beautiful the beautiful i want to look up the definition because i don't even actually know what it is because i play with this energy of being humiliated yes and then the humor aspect of it and then humility coming in yeah what does humility mean acceptance in my that's the immediate response uh -huh. to me is humility is the acceptance of what is being presented to me and honoring what i'm present to as the response to me, humiliation is non-containment. To contain it, to me, is to accept it as mine. This is mine. And humiliation is like, I can't handle it. Yeah. I can't bear it. Oh. I can't contain it. Collapsing okay, yeah. or exploding. Yeah, yeah, yes. Were you feeling a fear of that when you stood up as a pastor and you said, I'm a liar, I'm a this, oh, yeah. I'm a... Yeah. But, and it was a choice, it was a choice to accept myself and to present my, and to present the truth of what, what, what was really going on in me. And it, in, that, in that environment, it seemed so easy to hide the truth from myself by casting it onto God theology and then the people 
the choice to say, hey guys, I've been lying to you, I've been hiding, is the choice to contain and show the capacity to receive love. You exploded, you collapsed, and you accepted. Wow. And not denying the explosion, not denying the collapse, and fully just letting it all be there and honoring it. So now, now the practice is when something like that comes, I can contain it in myself. And if my heart says, go to this person and clean that up, I will do that. But unless my heart shows me that, I just clean it all up inside myself. It's like I do it's my- It's not necessarily yeah. a physical thing. Just like I'm doing my own dirty dishes. Like some might, you know, it's like an angel brings back some dirty dishes I left at someone's house years ago. And I'm like, thank you. And you know, they're and really they crusty and hard. the washer. The yeah, and I just washer. clean it. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And people can feel it. You know, they can feel that capacity in us when we contain something and we hold it. They know when we're judging. We know when we're judging each other. We know it. We know when we're loving each other. We know when we're accepting each other. We know when we're embracing each other. We know it. It's so obvious. And when a being comes into your life and they don't deny that, when somebody goes like, I'm totally judging you right now, it's so refreshing. It's immediately like, hilarious. Yes. Unless, of course, unless you're taking it personally. But when somebody's like, you know what, I'm just totally judging you right now. I think you're just full of crap. And I think you're just telling yourself to feel better. And, you know, that's why I'm holding over you. And I realize that's really about me because I, what I'm really seeing is you're pointing out something in me that I judge in me. And my God, you're, you're doing me a huge favor right now. And it seems so much easier to just judge you about it and deny this in myself. But really, you're inviting me to look at this in myself and have some humility to contain and take ownership of this moment. And you know what? Fuck you. I'm not going to do it. Or... You know what? Thank you. Thank you. And I apologize for making this about you. My choice is to love you, to honor you, and to respect you, and I'm going to clean this up in me. I'm going to bring this to completion. This is this is really medicinal. This has been this has been so not surprisingly to me at all present in the past few days where I was with two brothers. The one dude, I think he's in his mid forties and my other brother, he's in his late thirties and um, they have a, a level of, they've been around the block a few more times maybe than I have, not just physically, but also on the emotional resilience level. And we were playing this game all weekend where we would we would call it pushing each other's buttons <laughs> and and we would push each other's buttons and I say know. say things that <laughs> like right in, in, in no matter what the circumstance was if it was us three or there was like six seven however many people there were at a restaurant in public whatever it was and and we were at a restaurant and they were they they were they were they were they doubled up on me so and they're sitting across from me so it's like two of them, me, 
<laughs> and I'm and and they're giving it to me good. Yeah. Like, why don't you post that on Facebook? Oh, why don't you? And and just uh, like all of this, no one's gonna watch it. It's gonna get zero <laughs> views. And blah blah. Like and and then really really digging in and going there. And yeah. I noticed that I I started to take it personally. Yeah. I started to get. And then my mind goes into. And I diffused it. It was really interesting the way that I diffused the situation. Because interestingly, like it gets to a point where I'm like, all right, like I know they're fucking around with me. I know they're kidding around with me. And we agreed to this sort of thing to, to increase our resilience or our ability to just show up and, and not take it personally and not take on the projections of others. So I stood up and I said, guys, this is getting to a point where I'm starting to feel hurt. Uh-huh. And I was totally, I was totally kidding. Uh, I was totally kidding, but I wasn't, right. you know, that was, and that's the, like, you reminded me to share this when you were talking about, like, if, if you came to me and we didn't know each other, cause the familiarity thing that's already here, I would know that you're just screwing with me. But if we knew each other less and you were like, bro, I'm totally judging you right now. And let's say there's other people around. I might respond and say, I'm totally judging that you're judging me. Or I might respond and say, I'm, I'm totally judging that you're judging me and I want to give you a titty twister right now. Yes. But, and and I'm, I'm noticing my proclivity towards mm. when it gets uncomfortable yeah. to diffuse, even when I am triggered, to be the jest in a way and to yes. use humor yes. to diffuse it. Because I noticed in the hypotheticals that I went into when you were sharing that with the judgment thing, and then correlating it over to this recent experience where I stood up and I said, guys, I'm feeling kind of hurt because immediately they both they both stopped like they both backed off. And then I was like, ha I got you. I got you. You thought I was being and I and I explained to them, I said, I kind of was. And this was my kind of way out my mm-hmm. way to be because we had safety words, which nice. is just like, hey, like tone it down, chill out like this isn't this is getting to. And then we talked about basically the conversation you and I are having now. I get, I'm exploring the, the intersectionality of, you know, I'm not going to sit there and go, guys, let's return to this in 24 hours. <laughs> cause it wasn't, cause we agreed to it and it was yes. like this thing yes. yet. I was still in it enough to the point where I couldn't continue to joke around and feel like I was respecting myself yes. any longer. Yes. It's so beautiful. Like I, what I'm seeing is like, you're sort of like Xing, you're like saying X marks. It's probably like, we just hit treasure, like we struck gold. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they they taught they they tapped into something, right? They they were willing to go there with you, and then that's such a that's such a fun game. I love that you're playing that game. Like I I'm, I'm imagining myself playing with you. Like oh, I want to play. Absolutely, um, I try to play that with you because, especially with with guys. I, I've noticed myself like so much of male love is like in jest, like making you know a guy really likes you if he makes fun of you. Mm-hmm. Like your best friends, you like dig them, right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it's this <laughs> it's incredible, it's so like true. it's the full to me, it's the full archetype. Yeah, yeah, just and when it's fully embodied, it's so delicious. And then noticing when the little boy is like hurt, like, yeah, Christ out, like, hey, I need. Superman, you know, I, I need, I, I'm choosing to allow myself to acknowledge, ooh, something just got touched. 
you called something back to me. Here it is. And this is where I denied. I felt overwhelmed. Poverty. Yes. I was, I was feeling, I, I, I felt like I didn't have a comeback and I didn't know what to say. And, and I did interestingly use humor a little bit because I, I put on my actor mask <laughs> and I, I was like almost on the verge of tears, but it was, it was fake, but I was channeling the real feeling of really feeling like I could almost picture myself sincerely saying it. And I was, that's the interesting thing. Like I was still using the same humor to be like, Hey, I'm feeling hurt right now. Yes. And they both, they both heard it. And then I was like, ha, I got you. I was, (laughs) I actually was feeling kind of hurt and I didn't know what to do. So this is how I escaped. But I just spoke to what I was actually doing. And there was like full love and respect because they're, we're doing it to grow to grow and, and be with the, and again, not surprisingly, I have the men's circle again tonight. So, and that, that's, I told Fran, the psychologist, I was like, I'm ready. Like, I'm ready for it. Like this time I'm going into the men's circle. I'm, I'm, and he's like, yeah, that's a defense mechanism again. <laughs> for, for the, like, where's the love? You know, he's like, yeah. where's the love? Where's the compassion? Like, yes. it sounds like you're just geared up and ready for battle to stab right. someone else. And it's, it's like, it's so interesting that the mind has these these things that yeah at one point probably it was useful for me to do that and now it isn't as much yes i love the play like choosing to play that to me is another part of the mushroom journey is that play because Mm -hmm. well and really creating a context safe to play and same thing with me yesterday my girl and i were having a discussion and i went and i got to this point i said you know the energy i'm experiencing right now is hurt Mm. And she's like, okay. And we took a break. And I sat in that hurt for hours. And I, I could hear, I see the timelines. I see, like, you know, having to leave her, having to go away because she just does it, not willing to love this part of me. And, you know, blaming mm-hmm. her, and, like, all the work she <laughs> made. You know, several hours coming back to her and sitting down and be like, you know, I'm choosing to complete this journey with you around this topic. Therefore, I choose to understand what this is really about in me. And all of a sudden, she just began to speak to me about recognizing my heart. And again, cathartic release, somatic release, weeping. And it, I just felt it just dissolve. Mm. And then I was good. Like the conversation just ended. Mm-hmm. Because it came up, right? It came up to draw up something that I have in the past judged as unlovable into the present moment and say, will you love me now? Will you accept me now? Will you understand me now? Yes. Oh, thank you. It's like being Fred Rogers to me. It really is. It's like being Mr. Rogers to that seven-year-old kid. I like you just the way you are. Like every time I hear that song, I cry. Mm. Just the way you are is the way I like you. Not your toys, not the things you do. It's the way you are right now that I like about you. Wow. Wow. So easy. Then then we can go back into playing 
at yes. that point. Where it's yes. like, oh, okay, this feels good. All right, let's continue to play. And yeah. maybe we'll take it too far. And then maybe someone's <laughs> going to be like, hey, yes. whoa, yes. I know we're playing, but I just – it felt way too real for me for a moment yes. or something. Yes. It's the heart of it. Oh, I'd like to tell you one last story. Yeah, yeah. I just looked over. We're almost we're at almost at two and a half hours. I mean I'm having I'm having I don't have a timeline for this, so I'm, awesome. I'm listening. Yeah, I feel I feel this a little more story I would share with you. I used, in the past I would run supper camps. And uh this one time these two boys I found out this one boy had got uh kicked in the face by this other kid. And they both were like really smart. People called them, you know, on the spectrum kids. And so, you know, one of the counselors brings them to me and he, he's like, you know, we got to kick them out and this and that. I'm like, it's good. I got it. You can go back, you know, do your thing. And I sit with them and we talk. And it's obvious they're, they're, they don't have the capacity to connect. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to call your parents and get, you guys can go home for today. I'll talk to your parents and we'll take the next steps. So I call their parents, they pick them up, and I say, they're welcome to come back tomorrow. I'd love for you to join them. And when they come back tomorrow, let's meet and let's uh, have a conversation. And so the next morning, the boys come back, and I just sit with each boy, and I say, hey, what was going on for you? And the one boy says, you know, this is what was going on for me. What was going on for you? And this is what was going on for me. And what did you do about that? Well, I decided to kick him in your face. And I was like, yeah, I hear you. And I was like, what was that like for you? He's like, well, I got kicked in the face and I didn't like it. And I felt, and I'm like, you know, yeah. And then all of a sudden, I, nothing. They got up, they hugged each other, and they walked away from us and went back to camp. And the parents looked at me and I had another counselor there. And I'm like, we're good. And they're like, but no one apologized and no one, I'm like, the apology happened non-linear. Like, the apology happened energetically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just by letting them both share what was going right. on with them. When, we, when, when they're not allowed to express or they feel that their expression is wrong and they haven't let, yet learned how to contain their expression and then channel it appropriately, these things happen. But this is part of their learning. And there's no need to punish them if they're capable of learning and, and acknowledging what's true. They're good. They're welcome here. And they, they became like close friends and thrived the whole summer. You know, the rest of the summer, no issues with them. And so that, you know, for me, that brings back to the heart of this is my capacity to, to be with you, to embrace you and to hold this space is my gift to myself. Because now I get to meet Christopher in this unique experience of God, of presence, of love that's going to share with me things I have never heard of or conceived. It's like we're making love. And you're going to say things that are going to impregnate my consciousness with possibility. And every being is, is offering that to me. And I'm not using protection you? either. <laughs> right? Oh, good rising. Uh... <laughs> Someone says, good morning. Hey, put a condom on that. That's good rising. Okay, I don't want you getting that all over me. I don't want to end up with your child. So it's good rising. It's not the intention I'm setting. Yeah, it's good I don't live intention. I don't set intentions. I don't don't set intentions. I just... I just am. I just am. Just am. 
I just am. And that person is so gross, but I still have no intentions. Like, <laughs> they are so not woke. But anyway. Uh, yeah. Wow. Um, wow, wow. So other than people listening to this epic conversation that we had here, uh, is there any projects or things that you want to share that people can be invited into that you currently have going if, on? If people are interested in um, knowing themselves in, in taking this journey that you and I are on and, and are interested in being supported, reach out to me. There's lots of things that I love to do with people, ceremony, traveling, one-on-one conversations. Um, if somebody's saying, you know, John Eden, I'd love to have a conversation with you. Reach out to me. We'll have a conversation. And, and in that conversation, I'd love to discover, you know, what would feel supportive to you. And if that's in my repertoire, I'll offer it to you. Okay? This is the way I support people. You want to participate? Here's how to participate. Um, that that's that's my one project love it love it love it we will be sharing as things coalesce and come together with our epic projects it's all those are the words that i want to give to it right now <laughs> oh, as it's as it's creating itself as it's being created through through john and i um i'll link your facebook then to the Perfect. episode so people can link with you yeah and similar to john i have one project that has many different faces the most current one is living truth and we begin on february 22nd uh, it's 10 zoom meetings with me and a one-on-one call and it's only 333 dollars wow i love it yeah so if anyone wants to join if this conversation resonated with you feel free to actually on my link tree um, the link available on my Instagram you can sign up right there uh, brother thank you you're welcome for this 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 is I love Solomon Solomon I love you if you listen to this and this is my new favorite episode <laughs> this you. is my favorite episode with with the two guests that I've had this is this is number one thank you and thank you for inviting me and allowing me to share Christopher with you. You are exceedingly delicious to me. And I am grateful that I called you into my life to know you this way. Thank you. I want to take a moment to thank the Mark Zuckerberg for connecting us through the, Oh, great Facebook. Yes. Portal. Thank you, Mark. Oh. <laughs> what would we do without you, Mark? Oh, Mark. If you listen to this. Thanks, Mark. Living truth is for you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, brother. It's it's really... Uh... <laughs> I'll send you the link so you could share this as well, too. I will. Thank you. I I have a feeling I'll have you back. I would be honored. Great. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Brother, 
Thank you. Namaste. 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 I'm going to go get some more cacao. Yum, yum.